All right, Jonathan, welcome back to another one. Rory, how's things? Yeah, all good. Thanks, how are you? Good. After much yeah. deliberation, we've yeah. gone with the future of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we uh, Before this, we've obviously been around the world. We're talking about everything from the SR71 to <laughs> bringing flat earth societies. <laughs> we're to bring it back to somewhat train related, right? <laughs> yeah. So even Not even just even finance related, something, you know, yeah. keep yeah. it in the same, keep it in the same field. Exactly. Uh, um, well, I'll tell you what, it's actually funny that it started because I came in to book it on my desk. Yeah. My wife just bought me a book. Mm-hmm. Now, whether I'm going to read it or not is questionable. I probably will, to be honest. It does. It is intriguing and, and it's something that actually really does present a lot of questions, right? It's right. The, the future of money. Just to give you an idea of the, the book itself, and I'll tell you if it's a good read and in, in a week or two, yeah. so buying it, anyone wants to go out and buy it. But essentially, it explains in plain language the convincing detail how money system is propelling us towards self-destruction of our species, what mm-hmm. we should know about it. Also, um, uh, our present money system frustrates and well-meaning efforts of active citizens, NGOs, governments to deal with our present ills and problems, including worldwide poverty, government destruction, uh, social injustice, economic inefficiencies, and political unrest and violence. Obviously, failure to reform the world's money system and urgently and radically could bring disaster for the human civilization before the end of the century. And that kind of could have pushed us into conversations, really, I suppose, um, within digital currencies and, and and some other topics around that. So I know you have something really good to say about it. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the first points is I'm not going to say it's the only point, but it's it's one of the major points, and let's let's get it out of the way. I think it's important to understand what a currency is. You know, how much is a you know if you have a twenty pound note or a fifty euro note, how much is that actually worth? Tangibly, it, 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 yeah, it's actually not worth anything. It's just it just allows other people to purchase things with that note, and that's and that's just the custom that we've you know that's just the law we've been accustomed to is that that twenty pound note that you give me allows me to go and go to the cinema and it allows the cinema to pay the staff for an hour and it allows the staff to go to McDonald's afterwards and that's that's pretty much all it does right. So if we get into the age of digital currency, we have if we have a digital currency right, and I think the reason I like to use Ireland for an example is because. It wasn't that long ago where Ireland wasn't a developed nation. It was very, very low in the, you know, in the geo sort of in the ranks. Third world, right? It would be third world. world. <laughs> well, 30, 40 years ago, it was technically a yeah. third world country. So I like to use it to example. And as well, because it's a community place, you know, everybody in Ireland knows each other. If you, if you live in a town, you know everybody in it. Yeah. And that's why I'm going to use it for this example. If we had a digital currency introduced in Ireland, one of the first things, if people will do is they'll obviously not like it it's it's not something i think that will go down well but let's just say it's introduced right what's the first thing you're going to do you're going to go to your local shop and they're not going to like it so the first thing they're going to do is introduce their own currency they're going to bring back a bit of gold they're going to bring back anything and you could potentially start to see local currencies being developed it, it it's not going to head off well but you never know you might start to see, especially countries, right? I'm going to get out of Ireland for two seconds, especially countries that are quite rich in resources, like maybe the Middle East with oil and maybe countries with a lot, a lot of exports. You could start to see those become intangible assets to be able to swap. And I just I, I just think on that, Rory, right? I think I, I've thought a lot about this as well. And I also thought, do we go back to some kind of a tangible 
substance that we can go back to to trading again right uh mm -hmm. in, a, in a in a in a way that we would have done in the past but for me the world is moving forwards right so that will never ever come into play yeah. what i do believe it could come into play is having maybe um some kind of a cryptocurrency that's more mainstream and that's definitely something that could happen i i often had i've had these conversations with other people before as well and what if you know how much control would some would the government have if we went to uh you know this digitalized currency you know at the end of the day it seems that people's rights and everything else seem to be kind of getting reduced mm -hmm. and freedom of speech keeps getting reduced and how much control can governments have over the population and that's what they well, want essentially right yeah well the, the thing yeah but the thing is as well is that you only it only takes 51 percent of the population to overturn a government you know, t technically speaking, you know, if you were if you were sitting there in Dublin and, you know, you got the whole of Ireland to come down to Phoenix Park and or went down to Dublin and just started to invade it, you could get everybody out of office very, very quick. You, you know, say that, right? But also the thing is, you needed 51 percent of the people not to take a, a injection when when COVID happened, but we all went along and done it. Yeah, exactly. Th th that's the thing. But I think it comes down to sort of um, a psychological thing. You know, a lot of people are thinking, well, what's going to be the impact of, of you know of taking this injection? And to be honest, you know, as much as I don't agree with it, and everybody else doesn't, the impact wasn't major because once we got it, that was it. But when you introduce a digital currency and people know that you can be automatically fined and it can be closed on somebody's behalf, it will be a thing that's not going to favor a lot of people. And I think that a lot of people then would turn against a digital currency, and you never know there could be a coup. It's it's about the narrative, right? And they're not going to be they're not going to start the narrative by letting you know that we can let's say create create a system where we can automatically take money out of your account for any kind of justified or unjustified justified yeah exactly both right uh, so. I think it's about the narrative. And I think also, I think obviously with COVID, it was about the narrative. Mm -hmm. um, I certainly found when we were in the depths of it, you know, there was no immediate outlet out there at all going against yeah. what the, you know, what they wanted us to hear, which yeah. and it, it, this is even like radio stations that you would expect to get some kind of freedom to be people, you know, different opinions and so on, but almost where people are getting bashed down very quickly. Um, yeah, any any you're right. Anybody that had anything negative to say about COVID got bashed down very very quickly. People actually got muted. People got their social media accounts deleted. You know, I think one of the smart things about how COVID came about was was the love for the healthcare system that that people ran it on. And this is something that you know I've spoke about many times is that the one thing that I'm not sure what it's like in Ireland, but I know that in the UK the NHS is is the love of the country everybody seems to love it everybody seems to have a soft side for it for everybody that works for it you know they seem to give discounts to them and it's just, it's just the way it runs john I, I don't know why but when you work for the nhs you're basically the bitch of the country and people love you for it, right love the work that they do everybody does great work but at the end of the day you're just working for a government organization and that's it so what they try to do with covid was they try to go down oh protect our nhs protect our special workers protect this protect mm -hmm. that so that yeah. brought everybody on board says oh we have to take the injection to support you know it's, it's supporting my daughter it's supporting my my mom is supporting my neighbor my aunt, whoever it may be and that's the narrative that they very very quickly got into so it was very easy to get people on board who weren't necessarily on board with the idea you know they changed i think if i'm right in saying this correct me if i'm wrong but they changed the narrative of 
protect us from this disease rather than protect yourself from a disease, protect our NHS. That was that was then actually the narrative. Sure. And and getting back to digital currency, then, you know, it, it is the narrative. And uh, yeah. we, we kind of sp- spoke briefly before um, before we started the, the podcast itself on this. And I don't really want to miss some of the points that we spoke about as well. But like, there's the a populist, right? You're going to get people who are, really don't want this to come in, right? And mm-hmm. are really opinionated and proactive around it. You're going to get the people who don't care either way because they just, you know, we we live what's with, you know, what with what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get the people that are obviously in favor of it for yeah. for whatever that reasoning would be. Um, but like you say, the narrative will have, you know, will change, and it will be based upon. You know, when you see Rishi Sunak come out and say that it's going to happen and, you know, all this kind of stuff, like, there's no doubt that the, they are edging towards it happening. Um, like, it, it, they There's want definitely it. work. There's definitely investment and, into it. And, and you have to look at, you know, the downsides to it. Not only, you know, if there was another outbreak, let's say, or, or something, you know, war, or whatever the case may be, ever happens that, you know, you can, you can be controlled in terms of what you spend, how much mm-hmm. you spend, how you spend it, what you can purchase, what you can't purchase, you know, like, you know, for instance, I know when going back to COVID, when it happened, I mean, you couldn't find toilet roll. Yeah. You, know, you just couldn't, you know, the, the place was bare, you know, and one thing that always was gone was toilet roll. Um, you know, would it be a stage where you can only buy one of something or two of something? And, you know, so people can't hoard and, you know, you, you don't get that impact that 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 that, that previously had. And then mm-hmm. on the other side of that, then Rory is like, it, if we go to a digital currency and if let's say UK bring it in and Ireland don't bring it in or Europe don't bring it in yeah. or America don't bring it in, whatever it can be, how would traveling to different countries work and how would us, you know, being able to spend our digital currency or whatever, you know, whatever that, whatever that looks like when we, we when we go abroad. Well, that's, that's the thing nobody's ever going to know because I mean, the FX markets at the minute are just, you know, free floating regimes. Everything's it. Yes, there's peg commodity, peg commodity currencies, things like that, but technically everything's free floating, you know. And that's as you say, how's it all going to work? Nobody's going to know. What if you're denied? You know, if you're denied access into a country, then your bank account closes down, or, or or something like that. You know, do you switch over from the UK version to the Irish version to the American version? And if you commit a crime in the US, or you run a red light in your hire card, does your bank account get closed off? And you know, these are all the questions you have to start asking and. You know, I think people can already probably judge my bias that I'm definitely not in favor of it. And you know, going back to the um going back to the narrative that we were speaking about, it definitely runs, it'll probably run on the narrative something similar to crime. It'll probably be uh, by introducing a digital currency, we'll be able to prevent 99% of crime. You know, drug dealing will not be a thing anymore. Um all this money laundering will not be a thing anymore. We'll be able to ensure that HMRC get maximum amount of tax revenue, things like that, which then can be spent back into the government and back into the communities. That will then be the narrative. You know, I, I would imagine something like that will be the narrative, you know, and it's just, is it going to work? Who's going to, you know, who's going to, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a safer place. And, <laughs> And and the and the thing is, you know, if if they'll probably announce that, you know, there'll be a thing like if uh, if somebody has a criminal record and they go in to buy a knife, the transaction gets declined, and and, and you know, and things like that. And 
I don't know, whatever it is, you know what I mean? You know where I'm trying to get out of that. Absolutely. And and it's like, well, are you going to go against having a safer place for your children, for your family? Or what, you know, is that the narrative? Again, we don't know. Again, it's all hearsay. And yeah. and this is the interesting part of part of it all. And I think, you know, this, this might not happen at all. Uh, but for me, when we start to see, you know, party leaders come out and talk about it, it's, yeah. it's definitely on their agenda. It, yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, you come back to the point you say, if you know, do you want your kids growing up in a safer place and things like that? You know, geo, geopolitics aside and, and maybe a bit of war side, if I wanted my kids to grow up in a very, very safe place, I'd simply move to somewhere like Dubai. Yeah. You know, that's where yeah. it would be because there's just no crime. It's non-existent. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I know that most countries, I think Ireland included, uh, obviously classify them as very safe, but they also say that, you know, the chances of civil unrest and, and a war in that region is somewhat likely given the fact of their proximity to other countries like Iraq and Iran and mm-hmm. you know uh, other sort of African nations but apart from that you know yourself you've been many times I've been it's one of the safest places you can be on earth it really mm-hmm. is and if I wanted to have a safe place would I introduce a digital currency or would I just move to Dubai I'd, I'd rather just move there to be honest <laughs> you know and I, th- I've, and I think that's the way it works you know I, th- I think for now so I, th- I think it's definitely going to be a very difficult one. Um, it's at, be- at every subsection of, you know, wealth or poverty, you know, it, it's going to affect people differently, right? Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you have loads of money and that money, you know, would you be controlled in how you spend your money or, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't like the aspect of this kind of big brother, big eye kind of watching over us. And like, I, I do like the idea of security and so on and public security, but I don't like the idea of control. No. And I think, you know, COVID was the first hint of that. I mean, I remember going for a walk up the mountain and I was a police police officer told me to go home. I had yeah. to go straight home. Otherwise I'd be under arrest. I mean, what does that tell me? I mean, it tells me that that's martial law essentially. Right. Yeah. And Literally. How, how can we have that in, you know in, in this country you know like so you know again we just don't know i mean at the end of the day we will have to go along with whatever's put in front of us and like you say it's the actions that you take yeah individually mm-hmm. exactly but i always think as well you know for every for every problem slash solution there's always somebody at the other side of the trade you know, it's just like trade. There's always somebody at the other side of the trade. And I do think genuinely, Jonathan, that not every country will go digital. And something tells me it'll be a country that perhaps you may have never have heard of, or it might be a country that's that's right in front of us. But let's just take, for example, somewhere like the Middle East. They may decide not to go digital currency, and then they'll see a huge, huge influx of people looking to, looking to emigrate there. And I think sure. that's, you know, there's always going to be a winner either side of it. It may even be somewhere in the Caribbean, you know, maybe like the Cayman Islands may introduce mm-hmm. that. Who knows? It might actually be America who just decide not to go down that route because the dollar is obviously the world reserve currency. They may yeah. just see that strong point and think, well, we could bring every single person into this country. We could overpopulate it. We could, we can actually pick and choose who we want into it because they've quite strong immigration. So well, is it a national or an international digital currency is the other thing, right? I don't, I don't think there'll be an international one. I think I, yeah. I, I don't ever think that because you then have to link Russia, China, and America together and Europe in one currency. You've you've no chance. You've absolutely no chance of that. I, I just don't see yeah, how it would ever no, work. No, I agree. You yeah. know, so then you're down to a national currency and then it comes down to things like, you know, are they are they going to be floating? Are they going to be pegged? And yeah. It, it comes down to a lot of things like that. But I think when it comes down to a, a digital currency, I think what, 
what most governments now mean pretty pretty much is just things are the way they are. It's just cashless. There's just going to be no cash in the streets. So it's just going to be everything in your bank account. Everything's going to work the same. FX rates are going to be the same. Yeah. But but things are just going to be all chip and pin. I mean, it, it is a digital currency anyway. At the end of the day, like you know, it's digits it, on a screen, right? For most people. I, I, I mean, th- th- this is this is the thing, right? Could your bank account be shut down in the morning? Of course, it could. It it, it could. Yeah. Could it could it be shut down back in two thousand and two? It 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 could have. It actually, mm-hmm. you know, could have. So the question you have to ask: Have we actually moved forward in terms of these regimes? Maybe not. Maybe maybe we actually haven't moved forward. Maybe it's just the thought process of of it and different things that are around it. I mean, if you let's just say, for example, you were a very uh, influential political figure somewhere, let's just say in Ireland, and you had a very very acute, you had a very acute um, stance on political policy, and you had this route that you were going down that. Nobody agreed with you, but you did have a following, and you eventually got in as as Taoiseach, and you were running the country and whatever it was. Then they just decided to shut your bank account down. That that could happen back in two thousand and four, but it could also happen now. And I think I think now is it starting to come about. We've seen um, who whose bank account was shut down lately. Was it Nigel Farage in the UK? His bank account was recently shut down by Nat West or something. There was something about it. So I think we're just seeing things like that coming about. And I think all that really is, is I think that's just breaking the rules, if, if I'm honest with you. And do, do you not think, though, like that's why cryptocurrency is going to be the leading currency yeah, going forward? Like, I, <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I do. But I think there's two folds to that answer, right? I think, number one, the person who shut that bank account down should be in prison for 25 years because that should set a tone that you're not allowed to do these actions, no matter where you are in the workplace, no matter who you are. If somebody tells you to do that, you're not allowed to do it. it, it it's completely against the law. And there should be a harsh punishment for that. So going forward, that means that nobody will ever shut down a bank account because realistically, that's what our economy and our country and everything's built on is around our laws and you know how well, how, how well refined they really are. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's why then people are, are switching to crypto because they know that that can never happen. The problem with crypto at the minute, and um, the video we did with Daniel a few a few months back, he explained a bit about it. But there isn't the same um, regulation around crypto. So, for example, if I hacked into your crypto wallet and took everything, it's very very difficult for anybody to find out who actually hacked you, who who has it now, and it's next impossible for you to get anything back. And then that's obviously going to create even more crime. So, crime on the streets used to be whatever you wanted, stealing in cars or whatever. Crime's not going to be done over the internet where people just, are going to be stealing. Just as you say that as well, right? So I, I'm i a big believer in spending on a credit card for a number of reasons and not a credit, and not your mm-hmm. debit card, right? There's, there's a few reasons behind that. Uh, first of all, if your money does go missing out of your, 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 let's say you use your debit account to buy online tickets or, or whatever the case may be, yeah. your account gets emptied mm-hmm. and you're stuck in a long, long process with that money you know at the end of the day yes it's insured by the banks but you could potentially not get that money back whereas if you're using a credit card you're using the bank's money it's not your money so if it's a case that you do get hacked or whatever the case may be or or you you know you 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 buy on a on a wrong website or whatever and that transactions happen you know you are not liable for any of that that's happened at the end of the day that's and on the other side of that then you're also building your credit rating you're gonna have a credit rating through the school by using a credit card yeah exactly but I, th- I think as well, even coming back to that example, you know, I remember 
whenever I, I can't remember what I bought. Was it was it the time we were going to America? I, I can't remember what it was, but it defeats the purpose. I remember using the American Express card and I rang the company up, not American Express, but I rang the company up and says, you know, could I have a refund and things like that? And they were being funny about it. They says, oh, no, we can give you a replacement, blah, blah. And I says, no, I want a refund. Never processed a refund. Rang American Express. 24 hours later, money was back. Yeah. You, you, as you said, they will threaten them with legal action. They'll threaten them with everything. They'll pull. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've even heard people online saying that American Express will actually, you know, say, for example, to an airline, they'll say, well, we'll stop accepting you know, seals from your airline, which is obviously going to affect that. Yeah. So I've even heard of things like that. So they can, they've got a lot of power. And I think you're right. It's good to always use a credit card company like that. A lot of people are using these, you know, these new kind of banks, if you like, or online, you know, like look at Revolut. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's huge. You know, it's, it's growing massively. And I see other competitors kind of come into the market now as well around that. Yeah. Uh, do you know, it just shows you how antiquated our banking system is that we need to go to a third party software company to be able to actually trans transact between people in the, in, in the right way. Yeah. I mean, like why aren't these banks putting these softwares and processes in place where we can actually have more access to our funds that we can actually transfer money to you, Rory, if I'm going out for a beer with you or a drink or whatever. And I want to transfer money to you that you can get that instant access to that money. Yeah. You know, if I was to transfer money to you now, you won't probably get it for two or three days, you know, yeah. like, it's how how have banks not kept up with this? I don't understand how. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna call them out right now. I'm gonna call out AIB Bank First Trust, whoever they are. That's who I'm gonna call out. They're absolutely useless at it. I'm now with HSBC. Whenever I send money, it's instant. It's like Revolut. It's instant. But if you yeah, but if you send that money to another instant bank, instant doesn't matter what bank it is. It's they're gonna get instant. Yeah, as long as, as long as it's not a wire, as long as it's not a wire, then it's instant. So, right, so you'd have to set them up as a PAY or payee, basically, right? I, I don't think so. I think you can put them in for your first time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you can set it up and it's pretty much instant. And there's a lot of banks getting like that. I just okay, knew that- I just knew for a fact that there's actually a lot of banks, and unfortunately, they all exist around Ireland, is that they're actually severely behind the times. There's also British right. banks as well, but they're just severely behind the times I mean, in technology. It's just amazing to say a third company can come in and and the amount of money they make on transactions is insane, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the good thing about Revolut is you can I, I use it when I'm away because I get the best rates for for, for the currency I'm in. Yeah. But in but how much business have banks lost by just not upgrading their softwares in the right way? And you know, isn't it just mad that people would go to a third party? And again, the only problem with Revolut is the other side of that is you get scammed or somebody uses your card yeah, good luck to trying to get your money back you know um that, that's the thing you know i would use revolut as you say in holidays and well i i used to not use it in holidays i used to use american express and holidays all the time just to collect points and things because it was mm. it was the safest thing to use but revolut would use in holidays you know i mean because you can split the i think you can split the bill on it and, and things like that yeah. and i think the last time we went in holidays me and my girlfriend we just threw all our money into one card and started mm. tapping so there was like yeah. i think at one stage it was the most like a thousand pound on it so if it went missing if it got lost it's a thousand pound yes it's a lot of money but it's not exactly and it goes back to digital currency right so if they can't get their antiquated banking systems up to date now and we're in you know <laughs> 2023 how long is it going to get them to get to a point where we can actually have a digital currency online digital currency where they have, have the systems they have to change all the banking setup they have yep. to change you know all the processes and everything else you know we, we could be talking a long way away and Good. i'm going to put you on the spot as well um because we won't spend too much longer on this on, on this podcast but tell me 
if we had if you had to change to a cryptocurrency and i'm asking you this because i know you don't usually use cryptocurrency if you had no choice usually what what what, what crypto (laughs) what 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 crypto would you buy no idea (laughs) i've no idea and nor do i give a fuck (laughs) i really couldn't care (laughs) (laughs) i'll say i'll say bitcoin because it's the only one it's it's the only one i really have ever uh, acutely followed yeah, and, and yeah. that's really it. You know, I know that you know an account that have opened up recently is with you know JP Morgan Chase. Um, yeah, they've started doing online banking, and again, their platform as we were talking about it's kind of like Revolut, very very simple, instant transfers. They have a savings yeah. account. I th- actually think their savings account at the minute is over four point nine percent AAR, wow. so it's actually really really good. I think um, people need to get in and take a look at that. It's it's actually quite good if you're saving money. And thing about JP Morgan is, you know, Jonathan, if they go bust. Everything's everything, everything else has gone bust. Yeah. Everything's fucked. So <laughs> there's no there's no point worrying about them. If if yeah. if if they go bust, I don't think it's the money you need to worry about. Yeah, yeah, agreed, yeah. agreed. It'd be a fight for survival. What, what, what cryptocurrency would you go for? I know you. I know you're gonna try and put that back on me, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Probably some mad one. I would actually. I. Would, I'd put my money into a few different ones. And I think it's like anything like within even your trading and your portfolio, I think you have to go for something that's more stable with Bitcoin and put, you know, majority of money within something that's stable. And then again, I think I, I'd push out into a couple of, yeah. Uh, first of all, I'd get some proper advice, you know, as to what, well, he- what is, you know, what's backing up this, you know, and I know ripple and the, the, the connections with MasterCard and so on. And, but like, honestly, I don't know enough about, cryptocurrency as, as as you don't um to really say that where i put my money um but i'd certainly get the information that to, to make the right decision and i'd certainly split it up into a, a few a few different kind of different risk risk assets you know mm-hmm. like the, the thing i don't understand is that we don't we still to this day don't know who created bitcoin which yeah. for, for me is just uh, that's why i don't go near it it's, it's just a no-go. And it's the same with all these other companies, I believe. You know, Maybe I just don't do enough research into it, but the pe- the people who have developed Ethereum and Ripple, you know, who are these people? You know, they're, they're not public-facing people. And for me, that's quite that's quite dodgy. You know, if you... Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we, we've come from... Uh, every, every generation changes, right? Mm-hmm. And viewpoints change and so on. And the next generation coming up, they were going to know all about Bitcoin and it's all going to be in there. You know, it's going to be ringing in their ears since they're, since they were a child really, you know, and, and, and they're going to have a different perception and a different way of looking at it. And, right. you know, they're going to look at our antiquated banking system in 10 years time and go, what the hell were they doing back then? It was, you know, yeah. so, so yeah, I, the crypto is the way of the future. I 100% believe that. Yeah. Do I really want to fully grip it right now and, and, and say, no, I've, I've too many other things and, you know, that, that's going on for me to worry about crypto right now i think there's too much uncertainty around it till there's more certainty around it. i'm not looking to yeah. put money in crypto and look for you know hundreds 200 500 000 pound percent return on it because yeah it's it's a pun you know that kind of way it is yeah but you know suppose getting getting back to the point as well you said about the generation coming i think it's quite interesting is that you know i think back when you were let's say a teenager checks were probably widely accepted I would well believe. Oh yeah, you know, they, yeah they were, absolutely. They were normal. Whenever yeah. I, whenever I was growing up, checks were pretty much out of fashion. Nowhere accepted them anymore. It was mm-hmm. pretty much a ban on checks. So I, 
was brought into the internet age. I was the sort of the start of people, you know, me getting an online banking was completely normal. I remember I got my first bank account at like eight or 10. It was like one of those fucking savings accounts or whatever there was. And there was like 22 pound in it, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you were crazy about it. It was like, oh, I have 22 quid and it's on a card, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, then the bank developed an app and that was completely normal for me to access my money was through that app. So I grew up thinking this was normal. Yeah. You you probably at some stage a few years ago had actually seen the switch. I can't remember yeah. the switch, but you no, probably, absolutely. You yeah. probably seen yeah. the switch. You're really trying to show my age off here now, yeah. Rory. <laughs> no, I'm I'm literally trying to show probably the difference of, of literally five years. there's a few more years in that between us. Well, it's a good thing I didn't go up in twenties. But yeah, no, I agree. Look, you, you know, know, from so as you say, the next generation that comes in, Bitcoin transactions is going to be normal, and then who the fuck knows after that what's what's going to come in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, like for me, for me, it's going to happen whether we like it or or I don't like it. Um, especially you know if we if if this digital currency does get pursued and we see you know that forging ahead, I think, I think, look, I think it's education. I think. It's like anything, you know, the education system is changing all the time. And I think younger kids are getting educated earlier and they're interested. And look, we we learn more about what we're interested in, mm-hmm. right? I'm not so interested in cryptocurrency, so I haven't learned that much about it. The younger guys coming through are learning a hell of a lot about it, understanding it a lot, you know, in a lot more depth. Um, but there's nothing fundamental behind it. There's not enough data. There's not enough information for me to like, make a decision. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing tangible behind it. Yes, the, the technologies is awesome. Um, but fundamentally speaking, it's not tangible. Yeah. It's that's the hardest thing for me to kind of get to grasp with is the element of it not being tangible, right? Mm-hmm. That's where things are changing with the new generation coming through. It's yeah, you know. but I think even you know, the world of online banking as well, as much as I've heard people struggling with it and things like that, they did, they did, you know, allocate a lot of resources very quickly to make people get on board and try and help people get on board. And, you know, I believe that there was free support for all businesses to, to get on board and, and whatnot. You'd contact this card, you'd card readers, you had all these things that were able to, you know, be set up and your, your bank accounts were guaranteed with money. The, the difference though, Rory, is we're talking about, we're talking about, yeah, great. It was supports yeah. and so on, but the, really we were, we were going at a slow, slow pace back then yeah, in terms but of I, change. But I now, but what I'm saying is that I don't see the same, the same drive right now. I don't see the same push for it. You know, I see the, I see that going a hundred mile an hour in one lane, but at the other lane, it's just stable. It's just traffic isn't moving. Yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just my perception. Maybe I, you know, maybe there's another world happening there behind me that I have no idea about. But I, I, I honestly would have thought by now that I would have said by at least 2025, and I mean we're only a year and a half away from that. That crypto exchanges and shops accepting that would be completely normal. Yeah, you know, That's and tough. I, it took longer than normal, but I mean, and I think we're a billion miles away from that. But things, it's because things of the technology, be, I think things I think should just, be happening. Quicker. Yeah, but I just don't think that people are able to create a secure enough system for cryptocurrency right now. Maybe it's, I'm wrong. I, I I don't even think that. I think it's too volatile. I mean, you know, people. Well, that's, if 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 you're a business owner, let's say Rory, right, and you sell cars, for instance, right, and you yeah. bought all your cars with cash, yeah, and you sold half of your current stock with cryptocurrency at mm-hmm. net value of whatever it was at that time, yeah. all of a sudden cryptocurrency tanks. You know, to half its price, 
you're then left in 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 this kind of a debt and that's the yeah. biggest problem with, with 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 cryptocurrency like you say it genuinely yeah. is it's the it's the rate of volatility within the market and when we see that settle down or maybe there is going to be other cryptos out there that will have you know just i don't know it will just be attached to something more stable i think uh, it's just the, just the regulation around maybe maybe pegged pegged to something that's stable you know if we can if you can peg it to something, then at least then. But then, but then that's uh, apparently that defeats the purpose of crypto. Does because... it? Because well, if it, if it, if it, if, it, if it's pegged to something, then that means that there's something out there that has a proportionate value. Yeah, well, it and that, something more tangible, right? Yeah. If, if if you peg it, let's just say you peg it to the dollar, right. then you then you always need the dollar to exist. Therefore, why not just use the dollar? Yeah, well, is there any other way to get to get rid of volatility? Because if something is 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 actually derived by pure, like it's 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 not derived by historical information or or, or whatever the case may be. So therefore, it's purely sentiment based, right? Would I be right in saying that? Well, I think it is pretty much sentiment driven. But the mm. best way to get rid of volatility, believe it or not, is liquidity. And here's your issue: how many Bitcoin is there in the world? Well, that, that's it. And when when, I, when, I, when that stops, does does it prices continue to inflate? Well, I believe that there's a uh, there's a finite, a finite amount of Bitcoin. What is? I'm that's not right. sure. Is it eight million, eighty million? I don't know, I don't know. It's yeah. something like that. So when you start dividing that up by the people, then the inflation number on that's just going to compound. And the thing that makes the thing. That, the reason why I always say in the app, Jonathan, you'll hear me saying is that, you know, FX markets aren't the most volatile markets in the world. And the reason for that is because they're so liquid. There's always a buyer and there's always a seller. So price doesn't ever have to move too much before it finds a buyer and a seller. And that's why it moves very, very smooth. So for FX market or for crypto markets to, to be not very volatile, you always have to find a buyer and a seller. But how can you find a buyer and a seller when there's only a finite amount of a resource, you know that's sure. that's that's the thing. So, are you ever going to strip out volatility from from? Crypto? But then, what does it does that then stop inflation? Once we get that, I think it's actually just looked at twenty. Uh, I think it's twenty one million. Twenty one million. So what three? So, does, so three, what happens at that point? Does 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 the value of that go up, or does it stop inflation of of well, what you you know? Well, let's let, let's just say what what's Bitcoin worth now? What is it? Twenty thousand dollars or something? Somewhere around that. Right, twenty thousand dollars. Let's just call. It. So it buys you what a secondhand car. So does half a Bitcoin buy you a secondhand car then a year after that? Because if that happens, then inflation's doubled. You know, and and then things like that are just going to go further and further. It's twenty six eight now actually. Yeah, so pretty much let's, let's just say that a Bitcoin buys you a second-hand car. So what happens if you need more of that Bitcoin? How do you how do you work for it? You know, this, I, I don't know. I find it in, I just find it impossible. Maybe I'm not intelligent enough, but I find it impossible to see how, how something like that could run, run an economy. You know, the fact that there's an endless supply of money is is in somewhat a good thing. Like the problem with pegging it against something is somebody is always going on the other side of that is always going to profit from it. Yeah. You know, it's like if you peg it to gold, for instance, let's say, you know, who, who's the highest, who has access to the most amount of gold? Like, how can you peg it to something like something that that there is no one, no one has control over it or no one 
geo region or whatever has control over that. Yeah. And 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 you can't peg it, and you can't peg it to, you can't peg it a random variable simply because there's a finite amount of them. So that makes it even more difficult. You know, that's that's the thing. It for, for me, it's just I, I can't get I can't get my head around it. I can't I'm understand. Standing by my own mind here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm for for me, for me, I just rather using my card, using your Amex, using your debit card, using a bit of cash. Yeah, you know, I think it just keeps the world a lot simpler of a place. I mean, it's worked for a couple of hundred years. While if it works for another hundred, please God, it works for another hundred. When did you say the last uh, actual currency was introduced? I think it was something like sixty years ago. Let me let me just double check, but I think it was like sixty years ago. So last currencies year. in a whole are, like I say, relatively new. Yeah, I, I mean, pretty pretty much. I mean, when was it? 1694 you started seeing banknotes going out you know the okay. currencies notes and things starting to go out after that there was obviously things like gold coins and whatever but it yeah. was only around 60 years ago where we actually i think it was 60 to 80 years ago we actually stopped seeing some nations bartering and actually introducing a currency so it is still relatively new yeah you know that's the thing i just oh, i it fries my head it, it really does you can give me the most advanced I don't know, quantum physics fucking formula you want. And I'd rather talk about it than this. It's, it's I, I agreed. And and just say, like, say we did, I know you said maybe we go out to barter, maybe we, we buy or sell gold or, or silver or whatever the case may be. But then obviously the demand for silver or gold goes up or these, mm-hmm. and however, you know, has the most reserves of this is it's controlling that as well. So again, like you know, look, I, I just don't think we're going to get to the bottom of this one. The, the, well, the problem is as well it comes back to demand. So let, let let's go back to the whole. Let's go back to the start of the podcast before we finish about the whole thing about Ireland. Let's say we've developed our own internal currency. You know, let's say we we've ignored the outside world and we have our own internal currency, right? And it's back to the punt. Now, what's it pegged against? It doesn't have to be pegged against anything because the Central Bank of Ireland runs it. And, you, let's just assume that they have it's pegged to something that's pegged at gold standard whatever mm-hmm. whenever America starts buying healthcare products from us or IT services how do they pay us that's going to be the tricky thing how do they pay us Agreed. because because it used to be well now they used to just look at the euro USD exchange rate and say well you know, give them some euro we'll, we'll buy some euro and they'll sell some dollar and mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's as simple as that so what are they going to do now? Are they going to say, well, we could buy them some gold or we could buy them some silver, but you know that's just not tangible to do every single day. You know, and and, and them shipping a, a pile of gold over to us you know, for that service. It, you, you, as you say, you're going back on yourself to 100 years ago. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So, okay, they, they buy our digital currency or they buy our, you know, our fiat currency that we have, but then how do they buy that? That's the thing. So then... The Central Bank of Ireland then actually has to hold FX reserves of every country around the world. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, be oh, no, sorry. I'm now, I'm, I'm now back to the start of, yeah. of the whole problem that every <laughs> bank now has to hold reserves of everything else. So yeah. it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I was really hoping we were going to get to the bottom of this when we started this conversation, but. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're just back where we started. Sorry, sorry, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sorry because if if you if you're stupid enough to think that I have the answer to that, then <laughs> you do. You deserve to listen to me for, for the last half hour. Well, I'll tell you, what, I'm going to read this book anyway. I'm certainly giving an update uh, in the coming weeks as to 
was it in the EU sign up? So, yeah, and keep an eye on Gumtree because if you see it for sale for 10 euro, <laughs> 10 euro, yeah. maybe 10, 10 p. Yeah, <laughs> are they still bit. doing them, are they? Yeah, <laughs> a bit of uh, Ethereum, yeah, yeah, a bit of Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, even just buyer covers posted and packaging free <laughs> <laughs> oh right go on let's leave it there yeah, pleasure thanks nice. Rory I really appreciate it buddy nice one Jonathan cheers take care right. bye bye